Hey, D&D, D&D fam. fam. I'm Quick. And I'm Lee. And you're listening to Divas, Divas and Duckets. So what is a diva? I think divas get a bad rep. But to me, diva is all about the attitude. As for ducats, it's your finances, your assets, Skrilla, Guap, your coin. We're talking all things with the potential to affect your pockets. And while we're attorneys by trade, we are divas by choice. Divas and Ducats is for entertainment purposes. Y'all, we are not Series 511 or <laughs> 703 professionals. This does not create a financial advisor nope, nope. or attorney-client relationship. The views expressed here are solely our opinions and the opinions of our guests. It's just our opinions, y'all. Okay, Divas, let's talk Ducats. Hey, D&D fam, welcome back. Yes, yes, welcome back. And if you are used to watching our YouTube channel, you see that Lee has a different co-host this time. I come on the screen out of town, but we could not miss this episode. And what are we going to be talking about today, Lee? So we are talking about buying back the block, right? So... No matter what you want to call it, gentrification, displacement, urban renewal, some of the older folks you like to use, Mm -hmm. it is affecting pretty much every major city that you can think of. And a lot of times um, some people talk about it and feel kind of hopeless. And a common thing that maybe some people say is like, hey, maybe those with means can buy the block and keep those who lived in certain neighborhoods able to stay mm-hmm. um and so we brought in a guest because we like to have those who are you know knowledgeable in the fields that we discuss and so today we have mr winston robinson with us welcome i appreciate you guys for having me lee and quick shout out to y'all i'm excited to have you know good conversation you know we can yes. kind of dive yeah. deep and see how we feel and strategize and hopefully find some solutions for some people yes, sure. let's sure. chop it up all right, so Winston, tell tell our audience a little bit about just who you are, what you do, what got you into the passion of buying back the block. So more than anything, I'm a concerned citizen. Okay. Uh, I'm a lifelong Charlotte resident, Charlotte native from the West yes. Side. Are you from? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I'm from, which actually makes sense to why I'm here because I'm from the hood. Okay. The hood being, yeah. which is now Wilmore, mm-hmm. is not the hood anymore. That's no. my nickname. You know, my nick. People call me Wilmore mm-hmm. for that reason because when I went to college, I was repping like I would go to East Lamar. I'm like, now where y'all from? I'm from Wilmore. I wouldn't say Charlotte. <laughs> Right. So, you know, the nickname or the moniker stuck. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember in college coming home and like, yo, where is so-and-so's family? Mm-hmm. Well, they got, they, you know, they had to leave. Yeah. All right, where is this? All of my all of my childhood friends were being displaced during mm-hmm. this five-year stretch when I was away in, in Winston-Salem. Okay. So I didn't, I couldn't conceptualize it at the time as gentrification, but I just mm-hmm. knew something wasn't right. Right. And, uh and and now Wilmore's a totally different oh, pe- yeah. place. Like, mm-hmm. if you uh, if you live in Charlotte, you know there's a swanky Italian bistro called Pasta and Provisions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that used to be the corner store. Mm-hmm. I be want to go in there and tell them so much. You you have no idea how much crack was sold right at, at a Pasta and Provisions. <laughs> but it's and it's like, but 
all of my childhood friends mm-hmm. are gone, and I yeah. just could not understand why. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm a regular guy. I, I work in uh, automotive marketing out of a from with a company out of Detroit, mm-hmm. well Dearborn, and uh, yeah. So my my like, should I just get into it? Yes. Uh, so my wife and I bought a house in 2015. Okay. And that was in the Lockwood community. Okay. Lockwood is. 0.7 miles from uptown. Mm. It's the first neighborhood you hit going north on either North Trine or Graham. Mm-hmm. So it's the first uh, single family home neighborhood that you hit leaving uptown. Yep. In 2017, no, 16, Realtor.com, BET seconded this so- this so- their source and a, other few, and a few other sources Deem Lockwood the third fastest gentrifying community in America. Mm. So, this is before my wife and I had our son. Mm-hmm. So she said, "You ought to go to a neighborhood meeting, just check it out, get more involved." And, you know, we didn't really have anything to do. We, mm-hmm. Again, didn't have kids. Yeah. So I, I left that neighborhood meeting as the vice president. Okay. Now I ain't know what I was doing or what I was walking <laughs> into. So, again, this is one of the fastest gentrifying neighborhoods in America. So now I'm seeing residents who've lived in this neighborhood for decades, 50 years, Mm -hmm. and they're used to how just being disenfranchised, being underserviced, under-resourced, underfunded, under everything. And on the flip side of that, I see a new demographic of neighbors moving in. They want change fast, and they mm-hmm. complain about who's been there, and there's so many oh, things. Yeah. They got petitions. Exactly. Mm-hmm. have strategy and organization mm-hmm. and just deceit. <laughs> and I wanted to know, like, how did we arrive here as a society? What right. exactly happened? How? Because it, it was just perplexing to me. It was troubling. I hated being in that position. position. Mm-hmm. It was such a thankless job. So that led me to read, because I was the liaison between this faction of people, that other faction of people, and city and community, city, county, and community uh, resources. Okay. So they all had, everybody had a separate agenda for what they wanted this finite amount of resources for. Right. So again, it just got me frustrated to the point I just wanted to research it. And it led me to a book that, well, it's a, again, it's a magazine article from mm-hmm. The Atlantic, but it's 20,000 words, which is super long. <laughs> we, uh, uh, so I, I tell people I read a book. Yeah. Uh, it was Ta-Nehisi Coates' is The Case for Reparations. Mm-hmm. Loved it. It, mm-hmm. I blew, it blew my mind. And that led me to another book, Color of Law by Richard Rothstein, which he uh, reference to uh, build his case for the case for reparations. Mm-hmm. And what it did is give me the perspective of racism from the point of housing policy. Okay. And I had no idea. Like, you know, you black in America, you can feel that ever looming sense of racism just right. everywhere. Mm-hmm. But you might can't articulate it or conceptualize it in a way that makes sense for you so you can point directly to So it's not feelings. It's, it's yeah, something to yeah, back up that yeah. feeling, right. right. And when you do a little digging and see how housing housing policy affects America you can see exactly where that community peril stems from. Okay. And it gave me my answer. Like, ah, okay. This is what redlining does. This mm-hmm. is what, you know, this is why we can't build equity. This is why all my childhood friends were displaced out of Wilmore because they were long-term renters. Mm-hmm. And this is where equity and mm-hmm. access is was withheld from. And, and I, I really try to be 
intentional mm-hmm. about not saying our ancestors because that would make it feel like it just didn't happen. And like it was so far. Yeah, ago. this yeah. was literally 1967. Mm-hmm. Like this, right. my my dad is 73. Mm-hmm. He could have been. He was in a position to not have these resources. Right. So it wasn't that long ago. This is well within living memory. Right. However, it throws off the balance to affect multiple generations of people Mm -hmm. who live with this today. So let's back up a second, because I think a lot of times, you know, Quick and I have conversations, especially when we talk about building generational wealth or, you know, estate planning. And if you got that piece of property, hold on to it because this is what you can do with it. And one of the kind of frustrations or points that can't be overlooked is that some people simply can't afford to Mm -hmm. right if i'm trying to get through today i can't think about unfortunately next generation when i can't pay these taxes today because maybe now someone has come into grandma's neighborhood Mm -hmm. and taxes were a thousand a month now they're four times that Mm -hmm. on a fixed income so talk a little bit about like what is this you know what is the the redlining or the redistricting like what are those concepts So redlining is essentially a practice that was just made illegal circa 1959, 60-ish. That essentially said you could have deed restrictions prohibited based on race, uh, any bias, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. So they, if you go to Myers Park, if you go to, matter of fact, Wellmore, mm-hmm. if you go to neighborhoods in Charlotte, you will see in old deeds, mm-hmm. this house is not to be owned by anyone of the Negro race. Right. So what that essentially does is not just bar you from that neighborhood. You are like, uh, what's the word they do, do for sheep? Um uh, Hurt, hurt it. Yeah, you're herded to a very specific place where only you can live. Mm, and right. since they've redlined you to only this specific place, they said it has no value mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. you're black and you live there. Mm-hmm. Right. So what does that do for your long term wealth? They made you buy here. This is the only place you can buy and mm-hmm. they've deemed it worthless. Right. So that's how you create long term rentals. Mm. And not only that. There's a there's an insidious secondary market who understands like if the law or the government is this uh, non protective of this group of people, Mm -hmm. we can do pretty much do the same thing. Right. So that's why it's a lot of like if you know black people who rent, one thing they won't do is tell the landlord they have issues Mm. because they don't want the rent to go up. So you can basically as a, you know, you can treat them any kind of way you Mm -hmm. feel like this. And that's inherited, too. Mm -hmm. That's generational, too. Mm -hmm. You don't complain because you don't want your rent to go up. So Mm -hmm. therefore, you're kind of a hostage to to this home because you need a place to live. Mm -hmm. And that's how you get peril. That's how you get slums, Mm -hmm. because it's just a cash market that nobody is not a consumer, uh, consumer by consumer. uh landlord relationship right mm-hmm. yeah it's just people taking advantage of people so yeah so redlining you know again that's it's not just keeping somebody out of a neighborhood mm-hmm. it's what do you do with them now that you've told them they can't live here mm-hmm. you put a, you place them here mm-hmm. and you devalue the home and it's simply because they were black mm-hmm.
And similarly, what is like is how is re, uh, redistricting like distinguished from that? So it it depends on what you mean. Redist. So. Because I know a lot of times they do it around voting times, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's going on right now with gerrymandering? Mm-hmm. Everything is cattle herding. That's what I was trying to. There you go. Sheep or everything is cattle herding. <laughs> it makes no sense that Alma Adams represents me mm-hmm. in Charlotte right now. Mm-hmm. She out of Greensboro somewhere. Right. However, right. they drew the line specifically so our district encompasses that long stretch of where black people are. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of concentrate those votes Mm -hmm. and it won't be as powerful. Mm -hmm. This is what everything is about, leverage and power. Yeah. You know, so all, whether it's redistricting, whether it's gentrification, whether it's gerrymandering, all of it's racism. Mm -hmm. Every single one of it is how can we marginalize black people? Mm Mm-hmm. And the reason I say black people, because black and brown, brown will essentially b- begin a process of converting to whiteness soon. So it won't mm-hmm. always be be black and brown. Because mm-hmm. if this was 1920, it would have been black and Irish. Mm-hmm. If it was 1930, it would have been black and Italian. Mm-hmm. If it was 1940, it would have been black and Polish. Mm-hmm. There's always a group of people with black people who essentially transitions into whiteness while black people are left behind mm. so yeah it's black That's a people. word mm-hmm. <laughs> so and we see these shifts like i think you know we said kind of said in the beginning like people of a cer- certain generation like my dad called it urban renewal or mm-hmm. some people i was on a, a tour Racism. you know mm-hmm. <laughs> nice color did your daddy go to second world my dad went to Independence. He was a bus. Oh, yeah, they grew up on um, right there near LaSalle. Okay. So. That's a, that's a journey. Good luck. <laughs> I know. Well, everyone else went to West Charlotte. Mm, so, mm. Um, but, you know, just depending on the generation you come up in, and I recently went on a city tour where they called the burgeoning area. They said they revitalized it mm-hmm. and because it was neglected. And it's, just, mm-hmm. you know, the colorful language. And I think one of the things that I'm always thinking about or wondering and would love to get your opinion on is how can we and those who are affected by gentrification be less reactive to these shifts that are happening and more maybe proactive in terms of like you know maybe keeping their homes or or being able to kind of hold on like what are some shifts that we can make because it's always changing where the place to be is right so you have to be ahead of the curve Mm -hmm. this is a point in america where gentrification is happening throughout the country, mm-hmm. where black people have more control of a long-term destiny in a sense that we own a lot of the property that's highly demanded. Mm-hmm. demanded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen in the 80s when they had uh, white flight to the suburbs. Right. Black people didn't own a lot in Mint Hill or mm-hmm. Ballantyne or Huntersville. However, now that there's a reemergence in cities, mm-hmm. Our grandma mm-hmm. owns a lot of this property. Mm-hmm. However, on the flip side of that, it's grandma's property, and she wants you to have it, but you grown. You got your own house, which is 3,000 square feet. What you going to do with grandma? 800-square-foot brick house. You know? Right. So now it's becoming, it's a blessing to everybody from the outside, but you might see it as a burden. 
Mm-hmm. Because you know it needs about one hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, is small for anybody's needs that you know you you think you can know like you don't want to deal with being a renter. Mm-hmm. So when this some person just calls you out of the blue because they know their ownership is transferred and say, hey we'll yeah. we give you sixty thousand dollars for your house. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Look at okay. And, you know, honestly, I used to look at those people with, with a side eye. As predatory. I well, mean. no, no, no. I, I still do look at them with a side eye. I'm talking about the people who sold it. You know? Oh, right. Okay. But now I under, I, I, I'm more empathetic because I understand <laughs> that, you know, we uh, life is hard. Yeah. Life mm-hmm. is hard. You know, mm-hmm. if, if somebody's, if you see something as a bird and somebody's coming, offering you a bag of money, I understand the ideology and just, just trying to be done with it. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So when people call you and say, hey, I give you basically nothing for this house, what I know is worth. Mm-hmm. A lot of people fall prey to that. I literally, I can show you my voicemail now. I get mm-hmm. them three times, three, four, five times a day. Right. So. Uh, you're like, how do you find me? I know. Why is this Well, legal? I know how to find them. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, you got to call them back. That's. Uh, see, when I was, when I was petty and had a lot of time, I was like, tell me your name. Oh, okay. Now look at where you live. I say, you trying to sell your house? <laughs> but that's what, yeah, again, you, you can't, nah, I had to grow out of that because you can't just waste your own time. You know, that, that took a lot of effort. You know, I had to bait them into a personal relationship. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I might sell it to you. What's your name? Gotcha. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, God. but yeah. So yeah, I, I forgot where we were going. <laughs> Just about that, you know, the people instead of reacting to the shift. Yes, and, and, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So uh, in short, that house. If you go through, even if you wanted to sell it, go through more traditional measures of due diligence. Mm-hmm. Get what is worth. Understand mm-hmm. its value. If you make a decision based on. That information, you'll be better. You'll preserve neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Talk to your neighbors. Mm -hmm. Because one thing I've learned living on the West Side, there's a lot of old rich black people around here. Mm -hmm. And you would never know it. Mm -hmm. They would want to buy it. You know, don't Mm -hmm. just take the first dollar waving in your face. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I I mean, I always think about when, like you said, people calling 10, 12 times a day. It's right. It should always be assigned to you, even if you don't know about gentrification and know what's going on. It should always be assigned to you when white people start calling black people and begging for what you got. My neighbor right. said that. She said, My mama yeah. told her a long time ago, she said, If somebody white wants something from you, <laughs> hold on to it. So, you know, it's however simplistic that may sound, right? You know, right. it's done her a lot of good, yeah. Mm hmm. And so, um, so in terms of like obtaining the property, like how, the process that you and your wife went through in finding the home and um, even like looking at like t- talk a little bit about that process. How did you know? So the first house we bought was an estate house. Okay. And we bought that from my mom and uncles. And the reason I know that I have that empathy because my uncle was ready to just be like, F it all. Give me my money. Yeah. I'm tired of this. You know, because yeah. when you have an estate and it's four people making decisions, they're yeah. all going separate ways. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to break them. So, yeah. you know, again, my wife and I were looking for a home at the time. And we didn't want, again, because grandma's house is small. Yeah. We didn't want that house. We wanted something that we could grow into. Mm-hmm. However, we understood the value and potential of it. And we didn't want my uncle to flip out and just be like, whatever. Mm-hmm. So we bought that house 
first. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it was a duplex. So mm-hmm. we lived in the front, rented out the back. Mm-hmm. Then we grew into another home. We just found that on the market in uh, McCrory Heights. I wanted to live in McCrory Heights my entire life because I know mm-hmm. the history and the legacy of that community. Mm-hmm. So when that, that house popped up on the market, we actually purchased over budget mm-hmm. because, again, I just had a desire to be in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Another house we got was just uh, my dad's. It's weird to say because it's not his friend. My dad hangs out at a Bojangles where okay. all old black men go. Okay. And he was one of the old black men that went <laughs> to Bojangles. Bojangles. He was like, yeah, my son probably buy that house if you don't want it. And I mm-hmm. bought it. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It, it, word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Communication. Talking. Just, you know. Mm-hmm. Speaking to black people, basically. Okay. Got you. And you had mentioned just now you were saying that when you, um you knew the value like of the land. I, mean, I know me and you had talked um, and talking about, I guess the, the surface was above the land and not really understanding the value mm. so much of the land. Facts. Yes. Yes. So, uh, so right now what's hot is proximity. Mm-hmm. People want proximity to uptown. Mm-hmm. One thing about a city downtown is never going anywhere. Mm-mm. You have different mall areas. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're from Charlotte. Yeah. You remember what Eastland used to be? Mm-hmm. Now Eastland is flat. Right. There is no Eastland. Or skate you park know, or but something. <laughs> Eastland in 1992 was as affluent as you could get in Charlotte. Eastland was popping. It, it was. It was. Well, maybe not 92. Well, maybe yeah. 87. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> I mean, as, yeah, as, affluent, as affluent as, you know, well, not at, but, but it was middle class mm-hmm. America. You couldn't tell no one in Charlotte that this place will be have this type of instability in 2020. Mm-hmm. You just couldn't see it. Right. And even downtown has its trend. Mm-hmm. But with downtown, it's too much infrastructure. You can't move it. You can't lose it. Mm-hmm. So that always means something. Mm-hmm. Like even in downward spirals, everything has a trend and that the housing market as well. But if you know you have that proximity, you will always be or have more valuable property Mm-hmm. than the outer skirted areas. Mm-hmm. So now that you have this land, you have to understand that it's not about the house. Like even if I keep going back to grandma's 700 square foot, 800 square foot house. Mm-hmm. Them two room houses. Exactly. Mm-hmm. With them tiny closets. It frustrates you. <laughs> <laughs> and probably no AC unit. So you got to put another five. Right. So I get the frustration. Mm-hmm. However, once you understand the value is in the land, mm-hmm. that is when that's the game changer. Like people right now in Smallwood, Biddleville, they are buying houses that are 800 square feet mm-hmm. for 200, 200, 300, 400, $500,000 right. to essentially demolish them. Mm-hmm. You're buying the lot. So that tells you it's not about the house. It is about mm-hmm. the land. Right. And the thing is, when I, going back to Wilmore, mm-hmm. I thought white people were having secret meetings. Like, I was like, how did they all know to move to Wilmore kind of at the same time? I just right. didn't understand, like, what? Not a secret society. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> you know I, then I'm listening to all this New York rap at the time. So I'm thinking, oh, Illuminati is real. They, <laughs> they knew exactly where to come right. on West Boulevard. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> but no, I just couldn't fathom like how did they all just want to move to Wilmore? This, right. Again, this there was no precursor to gentrification in my world at mm-hmm. least. 
Right. I'm just seeing this massive shift. Like, Like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. My friends used to live here. Mm -hmm. Why is this this young white lady and a dog (laughs) now across the street? Mm -hmm. I I just could not make sense of it. Mm -hmm. So that's when I, uh, again, working with the city and being a neighborhood president, you understand how planning works Mm -hmm. and how important that is and what they show you and what what strategies are like mm-hmm. private money follows public development. Mm. And the reason I have no, well, the reason the neighborhood changed for Wilmore, two reasons. When that stadium came in the mid nineties mm-hmm. and when that light rail came in the early two thousands, mm. what was an industrial area, mm-hmm. uh, and what was a poor black neighborhood will start out as a white neighborhood and then to another poor black neighborhood mm-hmm. is now, you know, the hottest community in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. One of the highest uh, communities in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And that's all because of they understood the planning. The 20 years, they say, all right, we're going to put this light rail here. Mm-hmm. Mm, that that makes sense. So the private money then says, okay, mm-hmm. if people are attracted to that, we can build here at a premium. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that affects everything around it. Mm-hmm. So now those single family homes, oh, okay, yeah. That's spike our value up 25% just on the idea of it. Mm-hmm. And it keeps going up until, you know, there ain't no more black people. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, this usually is quick slime, but I'm, I'm going to give him a shout out right now. My daddy said, <laughs> he was always saying that, um, you know, like I said, grew up on Bayes Four, and he was always saying anything that has a direct vein into downtown, mm-hmm. that's where you want to be. And so, talk to us a little bit because, like, I I now live near the airport, so not directly downtown, but you notice little things, like you say, little small clues of like, okay, something's happening. So I was talking to Quick the other day. I was on my little walk at the park, and I was like, girl, they got a whole new playground. It's colorful. They didn't cut back some things. I said. Mm. I think some white people coming. <laughs> and, <laughs> I did. I said, and so, but talk to us about you know just that thought process of the city plan or the I guess now maybe they're looked out to I don't know maybe twenty years twenty forty. Um, well, you talk to about that, like how does that work and what should people be looking at in terms of like if they're thinking of of going somewhere or where year, to be. What year is this? Twenty twenty one. So we're already in it. Like this podcast will be released at the perfect time because you can see the new plans coming out. Mm. And that's what I didn't see. Mm-hmm. When white people started coming to Wilmore, what year was that? 2000. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then the next one is 2020. Mm-hmm. You know what plan they're doing now? The 2040 plan. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, and I'm realizing this now that I'm grown, 20 years go by quick. Yeah. yeah, you know it. It seems like forever, but it goes by quick. Mm-hmm. And they understood that the the uh, the business communities they understood that twenty year plan, and they saw what was coming. Now, what's happening right now? You say you live by the airport. Mm-hmm. Now I know the city just spilled, spilled, spent. Uh, <laughs> I forgot, but tens of millions of dollars mm-hmm. just on a study mm-hmm. to create a route for that uh, train to go to the airport and I believe all the way to Belmont to the uh, River District. Mm -hmm. So a new train line, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If they spend that much money just on the study, Mm -hmm. 
likely that they're gonna do it exactly. Mm-hmm. So what does that do for all of those neighboring communities on that Wilkinson train line? Mm-hmm. That's Wilmore coming up, but twenty forty. Mm-hmm. And the thing is with land, they don't make more of it. No, it's right. finite. So you know, and I can't go on the other side of town and just make some more land. Mm-hmm. Right. So these black folk got to go. Mm-hmm. They poor. We can do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. And they got their proximity to uptown. They got mm-hmm. proximity to that train. Mm-hmm. Take them to the airport quick. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, you ask them, where did all the black people go? Mm-hmm. You just don't know. It's Shelby, Gaston. You, you just don't know. So, but you no, know, that's what it is. That's that's America. Shuffling mm-hmm. black people around. Mm. There's a quote for a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> And you like you speaking of shuffling black people around. I don't mean you had have a conversation. You were saying you like you can't outrun who you are. Mm. Like t- talk about that. Well, this is your podcast. You know, I ain't <laughs> no, said it like and that. We, and we know who we brought on. So go ahead and <laughs> yeah. say what you got to say. Nah, I ain't gonna say that because you know, but I, I thank you for making it. I he guess made, so so much more up. eloquent. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely use more colorful language, All but right. uh, yeah. <laughs> And I, I believe that's what be, uh, brings me peace, that mm-hmm. I understand the dynamic of me being a black man in America. Mm-hmm. And I guess that pessimistic makes me more optimistic on where I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not chasing what I believe to be a fairy tale ideology. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I know that America sees me. I want to say it so bad, but... <laughs> <laughs> I won't. But I know what America sees me as. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've accepted <laughs> that. So, okay. when uh, again, I bought my house, the house we live in now, over market price, literally the first day it was listed because I, I knew the legacy of the community. Mm-hmm. McCrory Heights has contributed more to Charlotte mm-hmm. than maybe any neighborhood there is mm-hmm. off the backs of just legend. Mm-hmm. I wanted that for my son mm-hmm. because as much as I revere Martin Luther King, Malcolm, matter of fact, my son's middle name is Garvey for Marcus Garvey. Yes. As much as I revere those people, Atlanta's far away, Harlem is far away, mm-hmm. Jamaica, mm-hmm. London, and New York, they're far away. Right. However, I can say, you know what? Look out your back window. That house belonged to Thomas Weish. Mm -hmm. Thomas Weish was the first attorney the NAACP ever hired. Mm -hmm. He was, he had one of the first uh, integration, uh, desegregation cases ever Mm -hmm. when he sued the city because they denied him entry into Revolution Golf Course. Mm -hmm. And uh, look, that's him right there. Let's take a walk. This right here is the home of Dr. Hawkins. You know, mm-hmm. Dr. Hawkins did this. You know, mm-hmm. this was Martin Luther King's homeboy. Literally. <laughs> no, for real. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm telling them stuff. Like, Martin Luther King, literally, just to not to branch out too far, Martin Luther King, so Dr. Hawkins was the first black man to run for governor of the state of North Carolina. He mm-hmm. was a prominent civil rights activist. Mm-hmm. So when you run for governor, you have people that you know help you fundraise. Right. So uh, one of his homeboys was Martin Luther King. He's like, yo, can you help me fundraise? I'm having a dinner. I would love if you, you know, I can charge people a lot for these plates if you come be a speaker. Right. Martin Luther King was like, cool. And now this is my own personal right. theory. So it was two black hotels at the time. And mm-hmm. one, well, basically one. One was kind of like a, a joint hotel, you know. You okay. Do your nighttime activity. Mm-hmm. But 
<laughs> the Alexander Hotel mm-hmm. was the only black hotel. Mm-hmm. So if you came to Charlotte, especially if you were of that status, you stayed with people you knew. Mm-hmm. So I think Dr. Martin Luther King was supposed to stay in McCoy High. But anyway, so he, Dr. Uh, Hawkins was having a dinner. He was a dentist by trade. Mm-hmm. And he was a prominent civil rights actor. That's why they bombed his house, because they couldn't shake him. Usually mm-hmm. when they... I'm getting off on so many tensions. It's fine. Usually when... Uh, you were a civil rights activist back then. They could threaten your livelihood and, you know, make you not as, as, yeah, mm-hmm. even make you fall back. Mm-hmm. But he was a dentist with his own practice, so, you know, they right. can't shake him. So they end up bombing his house. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Mark, Dr. Martin Luther King was supposed to come here for a gubernatorial fundraiser for Dr. Hawkins. Mm-hmm. And he was on the way, and he got a telegraph at the 25th hour saying, you are needed in Memphis urgently for a sanitation worker strike. Mm. So Martin Luther King was literally supposed to be off Betis Ford Road, but he went to Memphis, and that's where he met his demise. Yep. You know? But those stories are priceless that I can tell my right. son. Yeah. Because right. I'm huge on nurturing confidence. Mm-hmm. I want a confident black boy. Right. And if he knows this type of power, this type of leg- legacy, mm-hmm. this type of you know drive and ambitious ambition is this accessible Mm -hmm. he can do anything from where he is well i think that's so important just because and one of the things again frustration so it's nice that you say there's some optimism behind it because one of the things that and i will say i love being from charlotte they haul us unicorns whatever i don't Mm -hmm. know what the people are but one of the things that frustrates me is there's some cities that have those you know, historic preservations where maybe the inside was renovated, but you know, this was an original building and it'll, it just saddens me to see in this city, you'll see a cute little lanyard on the street sign that says historic cherry or historic. And if you're not from here, you don't remember, like, unless you're a certain generation or you're older, you don't remember Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. You don't, some of the neighborhoods, people know them by name, but they don't really know Mm -hmm. the importance. And like you say, now they're places to be but growing up you knew like if you weren't from there you knew not to go to double oaks greer heights you like not so it's it's really good and and warming to hear you say you know people should know that history your kids should know that and and grow up in that and just speaking of that and, and not outrunning who you are just the shifts in that right so i know Quick and I were talking about like the schools, how they change. So my brother and I, same house, grew up in the same neighborhood. We have never gone to the same schools. Hmm. So I grew up Derrida. Now there's not even an elementary anymore. It's not. No, it's like it, it was a management school. Who knows? Hmm. Derrida, James Martin, Vance. Well, when my brother came through, you didn't go to those places. He went to Nathaniel Ranson, which was the bad school when I was growing up, and then Mallet Creek. <laughs> And so all of these shifts, and again, same house, like, so how, you know, and getting sent to different places. So, you know, talk to us just about that, you know, the shifts and, and that constant, I don't, I don't even know what else to call it. Ransom was on the news a lot. <laughs> you know, it was a kid. Ransom, you keep them pistols. But, uh, so, and that goes back to what Melinda was, ooh, quick and yeah, I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, oh my <laughs> man. Oh, I'm so quick. Excuse me. Edit that out. Edit. Somebody chop that up. <laughs> quick. Excuse oh, me. Gosh. That goes to what I was telling quick when I said you cannot outrun being black. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so you were you were 
Well, you, you might be significantly younger than me if you went to Vance. Mm. But this is what I remember. There was a point when the university area mm-hmm. was hot. Mm-hmm. And Vance was a school that opened, I believe, in 97 mm-hmm. or 98. And back then, Vance was about 85% white, mm-hmm. 10% black, 5% other. Mm-hmm. That was in 97. Yeah. About 2007, mm-hmm. it was about 60% white, mm-hmm. uh, 35% black, 5%, no, 30% black, 10% other. Mm-hmm. 2020, 99% black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this right. is just 20 years. Mm-hmm. So what happened is, Around that time, they saw, wait a minute, this is about 35% black. Well, let's go back here to Mallet Creek. Mm. So let's make Mallet Creek. Let's make that a new school and community and surrounding communities. So let this school, Mallet Creek now, started out mm-hmm. 95% white, 3% black, 2% other. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's about 33, 33, 33. Mm. What do you think is trending towards? White Not people a, saying, I don't want to be around them. Like, Y'all can have it. Go to that Harris Teeter on Mallet Creek. Ain't no fancy cheeses in the, in the kiosk. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know. They are planning their escape. Like, uh-uh. <laughs> Harris Teeter ain't never sold fat back. Mm. <laughs> Guarantee you. No fancy cheeses. No fancy cheese. You know how every Harris Teeter got the fancy cheese kiosk. They got such space. Whole, got it, yeah, it's like a whole island right. in the Harris Teeter. You're like, ooh, is that Gruyere? Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go to Harris Teeter on Mallet Creek and get some craft. Mm. The slices. Yeah. But again, that's, you know, that is essentially redlining. Mm-hmm. That's saying we can identify this very specific group of people that we do not want to financially empower. Mm-hmm. So let's be value land. Let's move away. Let's extract resources mm-hmm. and just give it to them. And it's interesting that when you were giving out those stats, because I was like, well, I came out in 2005 to date myself a little bit for the young ones that watch us. So, yeah, it was like it was like, yeah, it's like getting a little okay, getting a little pop of color. Mm-hmm. I'm coming out. But I look at because I was helping um, West Charlotte a couple years ago, pre-COVID, do their senior exits. And I was with a lady who I guess she was like alum from years ago because West Charlotte has a strong alumni base. And she was like, yeah, they rebuilding this school. We've been needing to be rebuilt for 30 years. And I, I thought about it as you were saying those statistics like, oh, them kids going to West Charlotte, huh? They're 33. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. I, I, I got all right, so I feel a couple of different ways about that. One, I believe that new school isn't for the future of black people in that corridor. Mm-hmm. Two, I hate that they demolished the school because, again, I'm really big into history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. West Charlotte is about 10 years younger than Myers Park. Mm-hmm. If you go, I went to Myers Park. Okay. And if you go to Myers Park and say, we want to demolish this core uh, center quad campus. It ain't going to happen. They're going to look at you crazy. They're going to look at you crazy. However, why not have this same reverence for for, uh, West Charlotte? West Charlotte is the last remaining 
post uh, post uh, segre- post segregation high school we have in the city. There's no more Second Ward. There's no more York Road. There's no more Plato Price. There's no more Jage Gun. They changed that to, I believe, uh, an elementary now. What was it? JT JT Williams, I believe, mm-hmm, not Jage yeah. Gun. Uh, J- but yeah, all of that's it. Yeah. That's it. And even the story of how West Charlotte became West Charlotte. West Charlotte was where Northwest was initially. Mm. So if you talk to people older, they say they went to West Charlotte before 1961. Mm-hmm. 64 that's where they went mm-hmm. but again those people from McCrory Heights I was telling you about mm-hmm. they put so much pressure on the city because they knew you could challenge separate but equal mm-hmm. under the pretenses of economics mm-hmm. they know you could not uphold that system separate but equal mm-hmm. because it, it uh, you would bankrupt the city mm-hmm. matter of fact I keep getting off on these tangents the only the reason West Charlotte is maroon and gold mm-hmm. is because they got hardened uh, hand-me-downs, mm-hmm. like foot books, uh, school uniforms, mm-hmm. that maroon and gold. Same reason Second World was blue and white. They got Central High School's uh, hand-me-downs, which was, is where CP is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You but, said they got. You said they. My, um, West Charlotte got whose hand-me-down? Harding. Harding. And Harding was is not yeah, Hardy's and I was like they they, they hamburgers. You hungry, baby. <laughs> okay, let's continue. And Harding is where uh Ray's splash planet is now. That was okay. Harding. Okay. But uh yes. Again, I keep getting lost. Where where were we going from that? We just talk about preserving that history and Yeah, so yeah, pre- it, all right. So the reason let me tell you, I gotta say this though. The reason West Charlotte, that campus, West Charlotte, the the campus we know now, when it was built, Mm -hmm. it was one of the most advanced schools in the country. High technology, Mm -hmm. architecture, like it was a really state of the art school. Mm -hmm. Because, again, people, you know, our neighborhood leaders like from McCrory Heights and surrounding areas, Mm -hmm. they challenged the separate but equal uh, standard. And they knew they were really close to getting integration. Yeah. And white was like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Wait a minute. So that <laughs> when they played the big joker, it was it. We give you this brand new fancy nice school. You can send all your black people to that. Look how mm-hmm. look how shiny it is and nice. Mm-hmm. But you know they eventually had to integrate because that that became the law. So yeah. the idea of it, like we're willing to, we just don't want to be with you. Mm-hmm. We'll do what it takes. Yeah. That is a story in itself. Mm-hmm. And that's a reason I believe the history of that campus is so important mm-hmm. because these kids need to understand that. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how much of their existence was supposed to be unseen, marginalized. Mm-hmm. You need to know this, for you know, have this perspective of knowing what those before you had to go through mm-hmm. and what right. they sacrificed to make it so you can have it so easy. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to know who you are. That's true. Mm-hmm. And so for those who are, you know, we talk about planning and just the constant trend of really things to watch, like, okay, that's okay. Keep your eye on that. What are some of the resources, maybe those who just can't afford, you know, they're starting to see these rising tax costs and they're struggling. Are there resources for individuals that are kind of facing these issues? Are there things yes. going on? Yes. And that's why, again, uh, well, not again, but I have a festival, an annual festival called A Vibe Called Fresh. A vibe called fresh. A vibe called okay. fresh. Uh, it is basically based around distributing all the information I learned while on this journey, mm-hmm. and I wanted to make 
a point of access so people can get resources. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of down payment assistance out there. It, uh, there are a lot of organizations whose primary goal is to help you become a homeowner, mm-hmm. help you with financial literacy. And I, I don't have any particular talent, but I know from my reputation from college and you know even before that, everybody know Wilmore can throw a nice party. Mm-hmm. So if I have this ability to gather people, I'm going to use that to my advantage and get people information. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what A Vibe Called Fresh is. Mm-hmm. Come, y'all. I'm sure, you know. When's your festival? Oh, I ain't released a date yet. Oh, I, I can't release it. But it's, it's I know I'm really tempted to. <laughs> uh, well, that's what I, was, I had to stop myself. But uh, it's in the fall. Okay. Uh, I'm sure you'll see Divas and Duckets talk about it later. We sure will. Yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah, the point is these resources are out there. It's about just, you know. There's no excuses in an internet age. Mm-hmm. You can literally Google what you need, well, what you think is an idea for you to look up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Will somebody help me buy a house? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then down payment assistant option. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Go down the rabbit hole, find these resources. They are available. There's NACA here mm-hmm. in Charlotte. There's Dream Key Partners, which was formerly the uh, Charlotte Housing Partnership. There is... Even so, Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo was a part of that 2008 mortgage tr- crisis. Mm-hmm. It was also extremely racist. Mm-hmm. And some of their restitution is helping people with down payment assistance. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't know that because they don't, of course, they don't want to publicly yeah, like, hey, mm-hmm. come get this free money. Yeah. You know, but those programs are out there mm-hmm. and you just have to have your ear deep enough to on the ground to hear about them. But right. yeah, you, you know, and there's like property tax programs, property tax program, okay. a property abatement. You know, that's okay. for a, a lot of a lot of our seniors. Mm-hmm. But you know, there are a um, one, two, three, four. I know at least six programs in Charlotte that will take care of a large portion of. The reported issues that people are having, mm-hmm. but again, you know, it's, you have to be in those spaces, and mm-hmm. that's why you know you just I'm trying to facilitate mm-hmm. a way to get that messaging out, mm-hmm. and you know, I know one festival ain't much, but it does a lot to help me sleep at night. Yeah, it's more than no festivals. That's thank you, Lee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate. Well, it. one, I want to ask you, where do you usually hold your festival? And two, when you are when you're saying um about the resources you say you have to be in those spaces like what are those spaces like when you talk about the 2040 plan if someone is interested in that how do they find where those meetings are how do they find what that plan is and that's weird too because the 2040 plan they're really out the thing the first thing you can do uh wherever you live be a part of your neighborhood association Mm -hmm. go to meetings because from there you just you know you meet people that work for the city people that work for the county and they can tell you about resources uh, not only that, developments that are happening or future developments, mm-hmm. code, mm-hmm. what's a violation, mm-hmm. uh, sewage and water, like everything that involves where you live, you can learn from your neighborhood meeting. Mm-hmm. And from there, you just kind of, you know, geek out. You just got to lift up the uh, the top layer and see what's underneath. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And what what role do you feel like? Because um, now you're seeing. I mean, my house personally was sold to me by a Caucasian female. You know, just moving here. But now you're seeing a lot more African American real estate agents. You know, um, what role do you feel like they have in knowing, like learning about the land, learning about the value of land, learning where to kind of place people so that they can have an increase in property? Uh, I mean, just like anything else. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lee, I bet you got locks. I do. You probably vetted a loctician up and down, did all your research, went to her Instagram page millions of times. Mm -hmm. You know, that that due diligence that mm -hmm. you put in to your loctician is the same due diligence you need to put in with a real estate agent. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people with real estate licenses mm -hmm. who practice real estate, however, they might not have their your best interest mm -hmm. when it comes to you know you purchasing a home mm -hmm. because ultimately you know they 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 just want that three to six percent mm -hmm. right so you know they just go show you the home that they think you want mm -hmm. without telling you any of the things that could affect your future mm -hmm. you know because they know ooh they they it's hard to sell a person a home on twenty years in the future mm -hmm. however. Mm -hmm. You can see these marble countertops right now. Yeah. Right. And that's shiny. Huh? You like this? Look at this. Look at these cabinets. <laughs> now, it could be somewhere pretty much in Salisbury. It don't matter. Mm -hmm. They just want you. Look, let's just get this over with. You like this house? Come on. <laughs> like so, that. you know, again, this the interview process. When you go out to explore the idea of possibly buying a home, mm -hmm. you got to be very intentional, very specific in letting them, letting them know what you're looking for and asking them, you know, what they know, basically, like how involved or how knowledgeable they are about city planning. Mm -hmm. And if you ask them questions and they feel like, you know, they just freestyling, that might not be the realtor for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But make them earn your business. Because mm -hmm. this is generally a home is the largest person, largest, largest purchase mm -hmm. a person will make in their lives. Mm hmm. So you have every right mm -hmm. to take that, you know, as seriously as you're supposed to. Like it ain't, you know, you ain't giving nobody a hard time. You just making sure all the dots, all the I's are dotted, all the T's mm -hmm. are crossed. Mm -hmm. It's it's imperative. This is your future. Mm -hmm. Not no, actually, not just your future, but the future of your lineage. Your Everybody, you know, people after you. Mm -hmm. Home ownership is a it's a snowball. You know, this not right. only affects you, but you have no idea how this will affect grandchildren, great nieces. Mm -hmm. great, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. This is how wealth is established in America. Mm -hmm. And with something so detrimental deserves a little vetting. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's so true. And my last question, I'll reserve quick if she has any. Are there you speaking it to, you know, even quick Google searches, but are there groups you know of because people talk about, you know, one of the ways is, OK, maybe people who have means who look like us can buy the block and rent to people who look like us. Are there mm -hmm. groups that you know of doing that or resources relating to that? So, again, I feel. I feel. I'm on the fence about that okay. because while I preach and appreciate ownership, I also preach 
and appreciate building communities. Mm -hmm. That's the thing right now about black communities. It's already so many renters. Mm -hmm. Let's community build. Like I understand and I appreciate people for being ambitious and want to build that portfolio. I'm doing it myself. So, I, you know, I ain't not to sound hypocritical, mm-hmm. but, you know, I want black people to see the value in their own community. Mm. It's nothing. It's priceless that I get to go home and have a clear head. Like this summer during the pandemic, we had this thing where we had, uh, had West Side Walk and Talk. Mm-hmm. We just wanted to invite people to, you know, so we can share this history, that some of this history that I, I told you about. Yeah. About Martin Luther King should be a doc, was going to Dr. Hawkins. You know, so mm-hmm. let's walk the neighborhood and show you that it's not as scary as sensationalism that comes from the news. Yeah. But uh, that started from my neighbors and I just seeing what happened to Jacob Blake in uh, Kenosha. Mm-hmm. When he was shot by the police. Mm-hmm. And Jacob Blake's dad went to Winston-Salem State, mm-hmm. where I went. And uh, we were just talking about this on a group chat. It was like, man, let's just, t- you know, I want to start walking so we can talk about this. That is so invaluable, mm-hmm. you know. Like, that's my community. You know how hard it is to fight racism out in the world? Mm-hmm. So you want to come home to a sanctuary. You mm-hmm. want to come home to peace. And I feel like I have this peace based around the foundation of blackness where I live. Mm -hmm. That is imperative to have in this world. It is priceless. Mm -hmm. So um, I I believe in community. I want us to have community. I want it to be us, you know, where we can all relate and we can all live with each other Mm -hmm. under the same ideas, uh, under these same ideas of growth. And not to say you can't have that with a renter, but renters are... In transition. Yeah. You know, right. you shouldn't want to rent long term. Mm-hmm. So I want people to come to these communities to live. And buy the block is cool now. Mm-hmm. I want people to buy what's beneficial. Mm-hmm. Buying a block, that phrase might not be as meaningful for the 2060 plan. Mm-hmm. You see what right. I'm saying? Because the lines may shift. Yeah. So I'm saying buy what is best for your future. Be ahead of the curve. Mm -hmm. We're in a sweet spot right now in blackness because we own, you know, the hot property Mm -hmm. is the property. Again, a lot of us own. Yeah. Right. But that 26 to 2080 plan might not be as such. Mm -hmm. So that means in 2040, 2038, you need to be looking, you know, like, huh. Okay. They say in this area. Matthew's about to get bubbling again. Mm-hmm. Let me go out here and kind of stock up. Mm-hmm. Got you. Quick, you got anything? No, I guess um just for I guess for those those plans. I feel like I ain't answering y'all questions. Oh yeah. Oh no, you. I mean, no, I'm you've just been saying what it. I want to say. You've been on it, and you've given. I'm sorry. Us, it's been a bonus. My right. bad. My bad. I'm sorry, quick. I ain't mean no. to cut you off. I was just thinking like, Lord, no, I'm you're fine. You did. So I like the the plans. Are they like the council meetings or? Go to all of it. Council meeting is every Monday, uh, 530. Mm -hmm. County meetings day after. Like, go to all of it. Go to all of it. And the thing is, these people, like the county and the city, they try so hard to get community participation. But, you know, Mm. you don't work the job out. They don't want to do that. Right. But it's so important. Mm -hmm. It's super important. Yeah, and if you are at work, send a proxy because I I understand some people you know they work different hours and more uh and get an agenda. Mm-hmm. Uh, city council meeting can be four hours, mm. 
So you need to get a, an agenda. You can say, all right, I'm just interested in this. <laughs> I don't care what they, what kind of leash laws that about to come up. Right. right. So I'm going to just focus in on this. So I'll probably tune in around 630. Right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And see where they are on the docket. Yeah. But yeah, but learn what you need to know for what you want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, and I don't have any other questions. I just think that is so important. Like the information, the information gathering, the information seeking, just having a desire to have that kind of knowledge. Um, because a lot of times when you talk to people in our community, especially when it comes to, you know, voting and things, they're only thinking about like the president or mm-hmm. the, and I'm always yeah. telling people this it's your local people that are making what? these decisions. That local jokes, your that's your life. And yeah. and even those little like bond votes you'll see at the bottom. Yeah. They'll say, do you support because you don't know what it means if you're not attending yeah. certain things. Do you support this bunch of millions of dollars for certain streets? And what? and I'm like, well, what are certain streets? I, right. I don't need to understand what, what streets. It is big money. So you see how many zeros be on that boat screen? Bonds, big money, yes. So understand which streets. Yeah, yeah, it's so many things. Like I remember, I'm gonna be transparent, especially like with judges and come to vote. I just who got the blackest sounding name? Let me see. All right, (laughs) I don't know what they stand for, (laughs) you know. But I had to, I had to realize like, yo, I'm affecting my life, so I better kind of put the, I I better put the work in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know. So Mm -hmm. again, but it's all for your conscience. Yeah, what what you want. And ignorance can be bliss, but if you want to stay in that blissful state of ignorance, mm-hmm. do it's what's gonna peaceful. cost you. You yeah, pay for a, what yeah. you don't know. Absolutely, ooh, that's mm-hmm. a bar. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> How about we take it out? Speaking of bars, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna throw you up under the bus and bring you out, Uncle Wilmo. Ooh. Right. Is Uncle Wilmo gonna make a presentation at the Vibe Call Fresh in the fall? That's what I wanted to Well, I didn't work so hard to, ooh, <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Compartmentalize all these lives I got, but you brought that one. Oh, man, but nah, but I, I don't know. I, that was just me being, so I, that was me being silly. What she's talking about is uh, I made a, I turned 40 last Friday. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I made a, a rap video. It was a bucket list thing. I was supposed to go to Africa. <laughs> For my twenty, my fortieth birthday, mm-hmm. but of course the pandemic, so mm-hmm. I took some of the money, just uh, made a rap video. That was for me in high school. <laughs> okay. I always wanted to, you know. Okay. Not that I could ever rap, but I always wanted to do that one time. And but you dropped I at sixteen. I, right. Whole song, oh. Oh, I hook bridge. Oh, you all, did all of it. it. Took okay. me two weeks to write that. Yeah, thing. no features. Nah, I didn't <laughs> But it's called Forty Plus. Available all all streaming. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I went all out, Lee. Oh, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I ain't looking for nothing from it, but again. I am here for it. Oh, it's on Instagram, too. Uh, TikTok, if you want to make a Look, We can story. put in our episode notes. You want to That's see what I said. I mean, we already 40, on YouTube. Uncle Wilmo, 40 plus. Uncle Wilmo. Mm. Now, Uncle Wilmo, for the people who want to learn more from you, maybe connecting your community walks, where can they find you? Are you on social? Yeah, that's why I'm weird. I tell people, don't follow me. Follow Jesus. You know, I, I, I'm not out here trying to, you know, campaign or be 
famous or nah. I just you know I just want people to have information. So okay. Now I keep my socials kind of you know they belong to me. It's kind of personal. I got you. And so I, I ain't looking for followers. Not a problem. But we will definitely have them linked to a vibe called Fresh. Stone. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I take that back. Follow uh, uh yes at a vibe called Fresh C L T yes. at the Applesauce Group. Hell at Uncle Wilmo. Put those, those are public oh, platforms yes. on Instagram. The ones that are safe. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about y'all? What about Lee and Quick? What do y'all think? I wanted to ask y'all what's your perspectives on gentrification, especially Lee. You from uh, you're from Charlotte and mm-hmm. you're from Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. What did you, especially you, oh, Quick? <laughs> when you first moved to Charlotte, what were the notions? Whether they tell you like, how did you know how to navigate to you know buy a house or whatever i didn't um i i am off you know areas that are now being gentrified but it wasn't because of some intentional plan um i just knew honestly i had friends that lived here before that actually went to winston-salem of course you know them oh uh, who is <laughs> mccormick Oh, okay. All right, yeah. yeah. You, did you see her in the video? Uh, I made homecoming. I, I did. I did. That's my age. We went to elementary school together. All right, that's, yeah, that's the homie. I've known her forever. So, um, yeah. So she was just telling me some areas to move into, but I do. De- I definitely remember Eastland Mall. Um, you know, I came here early enough to see that go out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, just like you said, seeing the area changes, seeing I didn't. I think university kind of had changed before I I got here, but I've seen a lot of a lot of those transitions now. People are kind of moving out to Davidson in the Mint Hill area, you know, having friends that um, have bought in Highland Creek or Prosperity, and they're like, "I bought these, you know, houses so my kids can go to good schools, and now the schools are." Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're, they're pissed, you know. They're which is also of- racist, by the way, like a housing market based on schools on, but again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also to to go back and uh, reiterate the theory of university, what it's become. You remember, university had gap. Mm-hmm. They had a gap. They did. Gap is the pinnacle of suburban whiteness, and it was across from the blockbuster. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, now Walmart is a beauty supply store. It is. You know, it's nice though. It is. But I, you know, to answer your question, though, I don't think we've ever been interviewed. Um, I lived it, but didn't realize what it was. So mm-hmm. when I up until I was about six, I grew up right off of um, like Paul Tuckett, Paul Creek. I was on um, Glenmore. That was my parents. Historic house. black area, by the way. Yes. So we moved over to IBM Drive near all of that mm-hmm. before Nathaniel, like that whole governor's village was built. So I moved there because my parents needed more room. I had a sibling. And I think growing up in Charlotte, you just knew as a kid, especially like your parents moved to the suburbs, you kind of know the areas not to go to, but you don't realize the changes. So like you said, when I was in high school, we went to university all the time. You go there for prom, walk the boardwalk. That was a cute little date. So Cheap little date. Okay, that too. <laughs> so now, and now you see it, and I still enjoy sitting at that um, wine vault. But it is a different vibe. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, went to school and would come back and see, like you said, I visit my grandma who lived near LaSalle. And it's like, oh, OK, things look a little different. Or, you know, I worked at that food line near Greer Heights. 
Mm-hmm. It was a little sketchy in college when I worked there. But then again, you would just see the the shifts of things or like you say, fancy cheeses. So <laughs> I, I think I started seeing it, but I didn't have a name for it. And mm-hmm. I think once I had a name for it, it turned into, like you said, at first it's just anger in terms of like, well, why aren't we preserving history? I think maybe one of the last things we have and who knows what they're going to do with it is Excelsior. Oh, they're going to knock it down. It's oh. going to be a boutique hotel. Well. Literally just left a meeting for, from it last Tuesday. Yes, yeah. we don't have that anymore. The uh, Yeah, owners from California. Knock it. He's trying to buy the two properties uh, behind it mm-hmm. for a parking deck to go along with the boutique hotel. Nice. So that's Betas Fort Road. Awesome. So... Me, I would think, like, why can't we be more like a Memphis where at least they have the building? And I think it was it was more of an anger and it turned into, well, what can we do about it? Because mm-hmm. I'm, I don't like just that reactive feeling. And so I think for me, once I knew what it was, once I saw it, once you see people who can't afford their homes and their home is paid off, doesn't make sense to me. You know, it became a, what can we do about it for those who want to, you know want to stay what can be do about it for those who want to preserve something so i think for me at first like you similar to what you were saying like i could see it but i didn't really know or even growing up in charlotte and like i said going to totally different schools from my brother who is five years younger than me mm-hmm. it just didn't make sense like i don't understand why we never went to any of the same schools and had Vance not built, I would have been built. I would have gone all the way to North, North Mech, Mech. Mm. even though like Garinger is closer technically to where I was growing up than going all the way to mm. North Mech. So again, I went to Myers Park. Yeah, I went, and not to you mm-hmm. know I've been doing this all episode. Also, I think when you're black, you don't have the luxury of looking at school statistics from that surface level. And thinking, okay, this is a better school for my son or mm-hmm. my child. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you when they say this is the best school, you got to ask, who did they poll on that? Mm-hmm. Because right. my experience at Myers Park isn't what, you know, the, a white kid from that neighborhood's experience yeah. at Myers Park. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to do, a, a, just like the real estate ag- agent, we got to do a little bit more vetting. Mm-hmm. I want to know how many black teachers are mm-hmm. in this space, how many black administrators, mm-hmm. how many teachers are graduates of HBCUs, mm-hmm. you know, because, again, I'm trying to n- find a space where my child's confidence will be nurtured. Right. And it's not all of, about test scores. It's how do you develop and nurture a child. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? So even... It, is I can arguably say why some Title I schools in Charlotte could be better for a black child than the most elite. Yeah. Because yeah. of that foundation of nurturing. And that's mm-hmm. really just as important. Yeah. 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 And it, it took I'm, me I'm going to a... Because I know that, um, you know, Lee knows, like, my son's first through second grades, he was in, you know, a Title I charter school. Mm-hmm. And I would never take anything from it. I mean, he had HBC, like they put the HBCUs during Black History Month, like it was the HBCUs on the doors. Mm-hmm. They knew about the colleges, you know, the sororities. Like it was, you walk down the halls and it was full of that. He had African-American male teachers that weren't gym teachers, mm-hmm. you know, that weren't, it was like, no, your math teacher is a is an African-American male. He looks like you. You go into an admin, they look like you. And th- those are his, you know, formative years. So now that he is in a different charter school, mm-hmm. like he, he goes in and is like, you know. Right. Everything is based on confidence. Yeah, you have is. to be confident. And mm-hmm. 
it's so important to nurture the confidence of mm-hmm. black children. It is. And that takes an entire infrastructure. Yeah, it does. You know? But it again, does. when you have a white standard, it's hard to see the nuance in that. You mm. know? So. That's real. And you know what else we're confident in, D&D fam, that you need to look into these plans and go to these meetings. And if you're in Charlotte, we're going to hip you up on this vibe called Fresh. You need to go. Yes. Maybe you'll see a rap video in the meeting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank you for being here with us and dropping so much knowledge. I think it's so yeah. important, especially now with everything going on. Um, you can follow us, D&D fam. We're on Instagram and Facebook under Divas and Duckets. We are www.divasandduckets.com. If you're on YouTube, you've been watching all this time. Why have you not subscribed? And yes, click that button. Click that bell. <laughs> and we will be on Money Talk the third Thursday in July and August. So that's July 15th and August 19th. If you are not in Virginia where the radio station is based, you can still see us live from 5 to 6 p.m. on those days on MoneyTalk1310.com. Yes. All We're right. Thank you, Winston, for Thank coming. You. And Thank this you both. Been- Amazing. Amazing. It has been an absolute pleasure. This was uh, such a spirit and a fun conversation. So fun, I almost got caught slipping a few times. Like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) got to realize I'm on a podcast and this will be out. You made it. Look, you try to make it so we can't share the video. We got to bleep it, censor it. (laughs) But thank you so much for hosting. Thank you. Thank you. All right, D&D fam. In the meantime, in between time. Have a great attitude. All right, Bye. Bye.